0: to the Church Safety Guys broadcast with hosts James McCarvey, Paul Buckner, and Mike Scully. Together, they make up the Church Safety Guys, their mission to inspire, influence, and impact church safety teams. Join us for the next hour as we talk about all things church safety and security. Don't forget to like our Facebook page, join one of our church safety and security communities online, and share this broadcast with your church.
1: Well, good evening, and welcome to the Sunday night evening broadcast of the Church Safety Guys. I am James, and I am joined by my co-hosts, Paul and Mike. How are you guys doing?
0: (laughs) Doing. (laughs) I'm rocking my
1: Pujitsu shirt. (laughs) So, um... Real quick, we, uh, we were having some technical difficulties, and, and I want to throw out there that uh, we, we apologize, but um, originally we had scheduled Colonel Grossman on, and we just spent uh, probably the last 10 or 15 minutes trying to get him connected, and he is uh, out, of, out of state at a hotel, and the Wi-Fi is not great there. Um, so unfortunately, uh, we had to let him go And, uh, we will actually, um, he graciously has said that he would, he wants to come on. He wants to talk to everybody. And, uh, he's graciously said that we could reschedule with him. So we're going to work on that. Um, and, uh, so tonight, uh, the three of us are here. We've kind of had a a crazy, I know, crazy week (laughs) for, for all of us, um, but uh, one of the things that we wanted to kind of mention tonight um, was, <clears throat> excuse me, since the, um, since the evening kind of cleared up, uh, it's just we, wanted, we haven't talked a while about um, church safety guys or, or what we're about or what we do. And so um, a few questions came up this past week that kind of prompted us to say, you know what, it's probably time that we, we kind of revisit that for the new folks and make sure that, that people really understand uh, what our intent is with the broadcast and the ministry and, and that sort of thing. So um, that all being said, if you're listening to this on a podcast, uh, please feel free to, to click like and subscribe uh, share it with your team. You're welcome to do that. Uh, if you're listening on uh, YouTube at a later time, please click that, uh, that subscribe button in the, the lower right-hand corner and then uh, you're welcome to share that as well. We have we have quite a few folks that share our broadcasts at a later time with their with their teams, and that's great. Um, all of our past broadcasts are on the YouTube channel. And then for reference, uh, if you go to our website at churchsafetyguys.com, uh, there is actually a uh, broadcast tab, and you can go to that, and it will give you um, a small listing. We're still. We're still working on making it bigger, but it'll give you a listing of previous topics. So you can search that if there's something that, um, that you want to, to see if we've done a broadcast on. Um, and if there's a topic that we've never touched on in the broadcast that you think would be helpful, feel free to, to reach out to us and message us. Cause I would, I would love that opportunity to try and get a guest on or, um, kind of go from there. So, um, <clears throat> Excuse me. So, for CSG tonight, uh, for the church safety guys, um, we've kind of updated our our policy as far as um, or our statement as far as what we're about, just to kind of clarify people and um, or clarify for people rather. And uh, so, if you're just joining us, welcome. Uh, feel free to to list where where you're listening from uh, and what church you're with. And, uh, and if you have any questions during tonight, we're more than, more than welcome to more than willing to try and, and get to them. So, um, basically, so just, just so you all know, we are an Ohio charitable organization. Uh, right now we're working on our 501c3 status. That's not official yet. Um, we've, again, those of you that have been involved with nonprofits, you know, that, um, a lot of times, that's a lot of paperwork, and since all of us work full time <laughs> outside of this ministry, um, many many ministries that help churches or try and help churches that's all they do, and so that's their focus one hundred percent of the time. And for us, uh, we have um, we're just three guys. I mean, we have we have families and jobs, and we're you know in between ER visits with our kids. <laughs> We uh, we love coming on here and and just trying to, to minister to folks and and do the best we can uh, with that. So that kind of gives you a little bit of info about that. Um, basically, and and I'm just going to read part of this off of uh, off of my notes so that I don't mess it up. But um, our perspective is that the world of, of church safety and ser- security is first and foremost in ministry. Uh, we have a biblical standard as our guide for how we lead and those serving with us. Our mission is to directly assist churches with this challenge from all aspects and not simply one training is only one part of this and should not be the sole focus for those of us serving or leading our team. And I think we've been pretty consistent with, with that. Um, in fact, uh, eventually I want to, I want to chat tonight too, about our, our newest book, Mm um, Engage, Train, and Retain that Mike and I have been working on. And uh, we also have another uh, follow-up book to that. Yeah, you can play it on the, <laughs> for those of you that uh, that haven't seen it yet, I'll, I'll put mine on there too. Oh, it's backwards. Yeah, <laughs> I, I tried. What can I say? Uh, I used to be in the one that's backward on the show, so this is making <laughs> me feel a lot
0: better. And I do want to say for everybody watching and listening at home, I don't currently have a copy,
1: so I'm feeling a little left out. I'm just gonna say, <laughs> I have nothing. To, I have nothing to follow that with. So our our ministry, um, when we when we talk about it, and I, I don't want it to just be me reading off a off a list for. For the rest of the evening, but um, you know, when we talk about our ministry and the heart of ministry, training is important. Um, mm-hmm. I I just want anybody that listens to this to know that that all three of us firmly believe that training is essential. Uh, never at any time have we said that training wasn't an important yeah. uh, component. To church safety, and and we all feel if I said that we had the corner of learning and understanding, it would be a blatant lie because we all feel like there's always something that we can learn, I mean, um, and we should be right. But training is just such a small component of church safety and security, and a lot of times what we found is that um, folks forget it, folks forget the ministry part of it, and a lot of times it comes down to, or it seems like it comes down to, all we're doing is running around um, trying to to train our team for um, the next Armageddon or the next possible thing coming against the church, instead of remembering that as a ministry, it is a ministry, and as a ministry, Mm -hmm. there are certain aspects of it that we have to consider, and we have to uh, work to build. You know, it's it's about building into our team to support our team. It's about serving. It's about serving the mission of the church. Mm-hmm. And when we forget that, um, oftentimes uh, <clears throat> that's just kind of a, a, a bad segue to um, all of a sudden serving becoming like a job. And once it becomes a job where we're doing something out of obligation instead of because we, we want to add a thankfulness to, uh, to God um, for blessing us and for working in our lives. Once it gets to that point where it's an obligation, what we have seen and, and all three of us have seen it is um, churches start falling apart. That ministry, that team starts falling apart. The culture gets stale. Um, we've had many conversations where pastors and, and folks have reached out to us and said, "We don't understand why our team can't get along anymore." And so that's what um, Mike and I kind of sat down and said, "You know what? We're gonna we're gonna put a leadership model together. We're gonna design this, but we need to be able to strengthen teams and build teams and help them realize that we want to keep." away from the idea that it's a job as much as possible, because it really isn't a job. It, it, it is 100% ministry. So I'm going to throw it over to Paul and, and you can jump in there. We, we had this conversation
0: the other day and we were talking about the fact that trying to explain the facets of CSG as it grows. Uh, I heard somebody talking the other day about how DNA is more 4D than 3D, that there's elements of how our, how God created us that, transcend three dimensions as we understand them. Well, I think CSG is a lot like that because as we grow and change and, and we get to meet some amazing people and train with some amazing people and meet some amazing churches, we've we as we unfold and train and develop this fourth dimension, it's really exciting to see where God's taking it. And I, I'm a big one for going back to go forward to kind of explain things. And I was talking to the guys just a minute ago and I was like, you know, the thing that drew me to what James was doing before there was a CSG and it was, it was uh, just the Facebook group. James and I got to talking, I had joined it and he didn't allow a lot of the fussing, the fighting, the feuding that goes on in some other uh, venues. And I really liked that. And um, how many times have you gone somewhere and there's 15 posts about the exact same thing on the same day, it gets confusing. You don't really want to go back. It's like really, really disorganized and coming from that perspective, and I had my own little church safety group, we started talking and James and I began to realize we were kindred spirits. We had started uh, in the the stone age of church safety. Um, both of us have a chaplain's heart. Both of us had cut our teeth on church safety and, and the successes and failures of our teams were ours. But we had to learn all these things the hard way. Right. And so we began to commiserate. Then we began to collaborate, and we started like throwing videos back and forth. And then James was like, "I think we should do we should do this in a more organized way, and we should start doing videos more regularly. I think we should do lives." And then uh, God brings us Mike, and we three are very unique and very different. We have very different perspectives on things, but we collaborate well, and it fascinates me. Um, I was telling uh, somebody the other day; it might have been Dan Blevins. I said, "If if it's a mountain." I said, I'm two thirds of the way up going, you need this kind of piton and this kind of rope. And James is at the top of the mountain going, we're going to build the hotel here. And this is where this goes. And we need lots of rope and lots of pitons. And Mike is over here with the, the field glasses, the binoculars, and he's going, okay, guys, there's, there's three more mountains. And those perspectives are very important. And you need all of those things because, um, you need tires on a car, but you need an engine and you need a transmission to make the car go. All three of those are important. And it's been just amazing to watch God bring this together. And James, who would have thought two years ago that, that one book would have been out there with your name on it, much less multiple, right? Wow. And and there, we've done challenges and God's opened doors. And we've got to meet some amazing people and, and go, Mike, to some amazing events, go to some amazing training, James. And build relationships and friendships that span probably all fifty states, and that's in the last what three or four years. And now there are books and resources, and w- we talk a lot about the heart of CSG. And this is going to bring me to you, Mike, and, and I'm going to throw the ball to you. But that's where it, it's so easy to lose focus and get into the weeds, and and end up in an environment where uh, there were failures in my team, like I. I did not create lieutenants within my team that could take over in my absence. And when the Lord called me to a new church, my old church safety team imploded. And that's a failure of Paul Buckner. And and being able to disciple within that, um, if I beat any topic, it's uh, training. I beat it like a dead horse. I mean, I talk about what we all have heard my sayings and my slogans and things that I say. It's got to be practical over tactical. It's got to be training before toys. But if we're not doing it with the right heart and we're not retaining people for the right reasons and we're not building relationships, are we really doing it justice? And is it really a ministry? And so it's as this thing unfolds and continues to develop, it's really exciting. And then, James, we're hearing back from people. um, There's hardly a week that goes by that James is not sharing something with Mike and myself about where a church has been blessed or is ordering several copies of a book, up to many copies of a book, Or a a police department has been blessed and somebody has said, hey, I was going to hang up my spurs and then I then I read your book and it blessed me. And that's that's one of those things that, uh, Mike, you talk about about thought leading. Uh, We all we all have people we listen to, if it's podcasts or pastors or pastors on podcasts or whatever it is that we're learning from, we're trying to build the best version of ourselves. And um, we're just three crazy dudes that are trying to serve God and do it through church safety. And it's amazing to watch God bless it and grow it. So I'm going to pop it over to you, Mike.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Yeah, I, I mean, I, if I go back and look at some of the, the history now, because it, it's now been um, just over a year um, since I joined you guys. And I mean, some days it, it, it certainly feels that way. And other days it feels like it was weeks ago. Now, granted, some of that is because of the whole COVID uh, upside down world uh, component. Uh, but some of that is is—is frankly, I mean, uh, harken back to uh, September when we, the three of us got the chance to, or October when we got to meet for the first time in person. and right. And frankly, it was like, okay, yes, it's the first time we're meeting in person, but it was almost like we knew each other for years. And it, it was really uncanny in that sense. But if I, if I go back to the beginning and I say, okay, I also recognized the uh, ability and direction and the reaching churches. And what I was craving at the time uh, was I, I never thought I'd be on air. I never thought I'd be a, a talking <laughs> head, so to speak, um, sharing stories and insights. I'm, I'm more than willing to always do that. But I didn't, I didn't join it to do this. I joined it from the idea, and it's right of our mission, uh, right right, right on the screen right now, is impact. That's what I was looking for. I was looking at saying, you know what, I, I was already contributing to groups across Facebook and other mediums and things like that. And I wanted to look at how could we consolidate, how could we drive more impact to the end churches? And it was more than just chatter and more than just conversation and more than just uh, people talking about gear and and the latest greatest tactical training that they took. It it really was about how do we make this about churches again, and not about just vendors. And don't get me wrong, we love some of those vendors out there, and some are our partners and our sponsors, and and we've they've established trust with us and trust with the churches they serve, and they see it, and they have a heart of ministry themselves, and totally value that. But I, I, was, I served in, in multiple church capacities, not just security. I was on a worship team at one point. And if I look at the many ministries of the church, I can't really say that there's another ministry anywhere in the church that seems as approached by outside vendors as the church security world has become. And so it's become a very big vendor-driven focus that has all become about the latest, greatest tools, tech, toys, and tactical training. And that's not what it's about. I'm all for having the right training at different times. I'm all for putting together a plan and executing that plan, including some of this better high-speed training at times that, that each of us can benefit from. But it's that heart of ministry. It's that impact against churches. So if we look at influence, inspire and impact a, as what we've kind of looked at, we really want to not just uh, obviously our, as a talking head, uh, be influencers of some degree. I, I hate that term because it, it almost is a four letter term to me for a uh, word, but in some way, obviously we're, we're hoping to influence other leaders to uh, not who don't have to go through it like the three of us did and learn our way through it without resources, we want to influence them to be able to understand that there are resources, that there's people like us willing to help, and we're not the only ones. Okay, we're yes, we're out there and visible. Okay, and yes, we're inspiring folks and we talk to people every week, but we do this not because we're retired and we need something else to do. Or not because it's some extra paycheck to to pad that the, the pension or whatever it might be, but literally this is what we're about. And so the heart of CSG is that service, that servant's heart, that driving towards helping and impacting churches. Everything else is important, absolutely. So I don't say when we single out and say the heart of ministry is the most important, we're not saying everything else is non-important. We're just saying that it starts with ministry.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, just to, to, to piggyback off of that real quick, I, we we have churches reach out to us all the time. Um, and we look at um, if you have a budget, if, you're, if your church has given you a budget for training um, or if you're if you're trying to put together money for training, we look at that as a stewardship piece, right? We want to make sure that <clears throat> I know for for me, when I'm given, um, thankfully, and I know a lot of churches aren't given a budget, but when I, when I project out our budget for the next year, I look at that as what can I, what training can I get? How can I get the best value out of that money? Because I don't look at it like, someone saying, here's money, you know, go do whatever. I look at it like this is a, this is an amount, this is a resource that has been entrusted to me on behalf of the church. And I take that seriously. And so a lot of times you'll see us, sometimes we'll, we'll share training. Sometimes we'll share um, different conferences. Sometimes we'll share information and um, sometimes we won't. And, And to be perfectly honest, there, there are folks in, and there are folks that we've partnered with that I will send someone to, and I will say, you know what? Um, Dwayne Harris, great guy. I've met him in person. I've had lunch with him. Um, he does a fantastic job training. He's he's one of our partners. He sees what we're trying to do, and he supports it. He doesn't ask us to um, to push him or to push his, his organization, but... I know the standard of quality that he does and he has a very high standard of quality. I've sat in his training, I've sat in his conference. I know that he is just as quick telling someone or teaching someone how to lead an individual to the Lord complementing the mission of that church as he is with teaching someone how to de-escalate, or teaching someone how to use a firearm or do CPR or, mm. or any one of those additional skills. And so often when we say, well, you know what, we just don't know about a, a particular conference or training. It's not that we're singling anyone out. It's not that we're saying that company isn't, church related that company isn't christ related or christ focused what it is is we're just saying we don't know because we haven't had the opportunity the 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 safety and security realm in churches is very small Um, and you know you get to know people you get to meet people you kind of you know I, i mean i was on the phone um over an hour this week with carl chen and it was great it was awesome talking to him it was a blessing and you know when we were done Um, with a conversation, he's like, James, you know what, can I pray with you real quick? And I was blown away. I'm like, you know what? I've never, Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever prayed with someone on the phone before like that, but it's Carl Chen. I'm okay with that. You know, it was like, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. encouraging. So as far as, as, and I just want to say that, and and we'll take a quick break. And I know Paul's got some stuff that he wants to add to that but you know as far as what's out there we we're not perfect we look at you know the information that's constantly coming in and we try and share the gold nuggets that we see we try and share the content the classes the conference the training the trainers that we feel best fit what we're doing mm-hmm. and in our ministry and we are different, and that's almost almost the amount I can say. Because a lot of times people come into the group and they're like, "Well, I want to post this five times, and you know, I'm going to post this training." And you didn't let me post this training. Why? You know, and I've heard that lately. You didn't let me share this training. Well, it's because I don't know what that training is. If you're in an area of the country where maybe training's limited, like New England, I know there's not a whole lot of trainers that get up there. I'll share something. But when we share it, it doesn't mean that we 100% endorse that. It's just like, hey, here's some some training. Check it out. Do your due diligence. Make sure that the $80 a person that you're paying for that day, you get that value back. Because I can tell you, there is just as many just as many churches that have reached out to me personally that have said, Hey, take a look at this company over here. And it's a corporate business company that slapped the label church onto their regular training program for a marketing tactic. And you know what, maybe they offer fantastic training. I don't know, but I do know that, um, You know i am more and 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 i speak when i say i i speak more for for the three of us but i know that when we share something we want to share something that's solid training that's beneficial and that we all get behind like if we say if i tell you matt combs of shield force international is a fantastic trainer it's because i would be willing to sit and listen to him And he's a fantastic trainer and I have done that and he is a fantastic trainer. That's his, I mean, all three of us have done that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We'll we'll go to break and come back, but that's, that's part of the heart and it just is going to segue beautifully of what I wanted to talk about. So exciting.
1: It is. So we'll take a quick break and uh, we'll, we'll be right back with you. So hang out and we'll be right back.
0: With over 50 years of experience with religious and nonprofit organizations, Thomas Alexander Insurance and Associates understands that your congregation is different from a traditional business. We're here to fulfill your needs, coming to you while creating a personal plan for your budget and size, from your local community to around the globe. We are advocates for you. Thomas Alexander Insurance and Associates, your partner in service. The worst has happened. Evil has invaded the sanctuary, lives were ended and the life of every surviving member of your church has changed forever. There will be funerals to attend. The grieving and the counseling will go on for years to come. You may even lose church members, especially if your pastor was killed during the attack. But what if I told you that all of this could have been prevented with the proper training, that your church could learn how to secure its campus? and how to see the signs of an attack before it happens. At Shield Force International, we will teach you the skills you need to protect your church, to protect your children, to mitigate and even eliminate would-be threats to your church body all before it happens. We can no longer pretend that evil doesn't exist or that churches aren't targets. Attacks against churches and pastors are on the rise. Call or visit us online for a free consultation.
3: Leading a church safety and security team requires more than showing up on Sunday mornings. It requires competent, engaging leadership. To operate a successful church safety and security team, it must be built on a solid biblical foundation. Be driven by a thorough system or structured framework and repeated consistently. Have you been tasked with starting or running a team? Have you inherited an existing team that needs a leader? Do you feel like you are running in circles or burned out executing tasks weekend after weekend? Then you need the all-new book from James McGarvey and Mike Scully. Engage, Train and Retain! Embracing the Church Safety and Security Lifecycle to take your team beyond Sunday mornings. The Church Safety and Security Lifecycle is a six-phase system created by the church safety guys specifically for leaders serving in church safety or security teams. It offers a practical leadership model so leaders can engage and inspire their volunteers, train and influence their team, and retain their talent. So leaders can thrive, not just survive. So leaders can succeed, simplify their focus, and truly impact church ministry. This is not simply a startup checklist to do once. This is a repeatable framework of learning, discipleship and understanding, and applying a heart of ministry in church safety and security. Pick up the new Church Safety Guys book, Engage, Train and Retain today, and take your team beyond Sunday mornings.
1: so we're back and uh back from that that break so if you're listening on uh on a podcast make sure to click like and subscribe and then if you are um watching on youtube at a later time click that that uh, lower red button that says like and subscribe so um Anyhow, so we're back and uh, I'll throw it over to Paul because I know he had some stuff he wanted to say.
0: (laughs) So it's amazing to watch this grow and change. What you guys were talking about means a lot to me because we've talked about for a long time now being the Yelp of church safety, meaning we want to go and, and we're seeing the first fruits of that. We want to go in person and we got to do that together and experience top shelf training, and I've gotten to take several of Matt's classes, and I know you guys have taken the executive protection class, and he's got another one coming up this year, and I'm intending to go. Um, Top-shelf training, training is extremely important, and choosing your instructor wisely, James, being a steward of the money that you're given, the limited resources and time that you have, Mike... Being able to choose your instructor wisely, I, I base a lot of my decisions based on Amazon reviews, based on these different things. And when we can go, when somebody can call us and say, "Hey, who do you recommend for this?" We can say uh, John Lee O'Reilly teaches amazing, amazing escalation Or we can, you know, we can talk about these folks and say we've experienced this uh, because there are there are folks out there that I would never go back to and spend my money. I had a guy in the private side of things, I had a guy a few years ago that I, I paid for a class for myself and a, and a friend in law enforcement. We went to his class and his training was 30 some odd years out of date. He wanted us to carry empty chamber. He wanted us to carry with our magazines where the the bullets weren't facing forward, they were facing the other way. Um, And there was something else. There was no emphasis on medical at all. And he had really amazing training that was 30, 40 years out of date that's extremely important. Why would we Why would we hamstring ourselves, right? And um, I actually went to a class where a guy was, he's former FBI. And I was like, oh, cool, this guy's former FBI. And so I went there. He was literally teaching private citizens who are concealed carry permit holders to handcuff people at the end of a potential altercation. And I went, um, yes, uh, in my state, if I'm not law enforcement Or And I don't know what it is in Missouri now, but back then, if you're not law enforcement and you're not licensed security, you're probably going to jail. And yet I know people, there's a church that I know of that, God bless them, some of the guys there carry handcuffs and they are not law enforcement and they are not licensed security. Now, James, I know that's different for you. It's different for other states. Sure. But those things are important. And so... Choosing your instructor wisely is an incredibly important thing. And I've I've literally had people say, oh, Paul, who do you recommend in the Joplin, Missouri area? And who do you recommend in the Springfield, Missouri area? I'm within so many hours of you. Who do you recommend? And there are some great instructors out there, but there are people I cannot give a good Yelp review to. And that's one of the things I love about this. But the other part of this is the heart of the instructor. Because if if you've trained for any length of time and a lot of you guys at home are going to go, yep. You've trained with somebody who has an incredible amount of knowledge in law enforcement or the military or security, but the things that they've done don't directly apply. And James, you were talking about this earlier to church safety. Church safety is its own critter. And the closest thing I've ever seen to a perfect fit for church safety is executive protection. You guys both got to take the class. It's so similar. And um, that was one of the most incredible things when I took executive protection course with Matt Combs for the first time, I went, oh, wow, this actually has so much application to the church safety world. And that's one of the biggest things that I enjoy doing with CSG is I I go and get this top shelf instruction and I can come back and say, I can speak from personal experience. This guy's amazing. And I can tell you there are some instructors that we've met, people that we've talked to on this broadcast that I really want to go train with because I know their reputation. I know their curriculum, um, people that I, that I respect their opinion, they respect their training. And the the, the Ayubes and the John Lee O'Reillys and all these different folks that have all of this background and all of this training. And that's been probably for me one of the most fulfilling aspects of being part of CSG uh, guys, I got to introduce you to guys to Matt Combs, and we want to make these people um, household names. We want to make them uh, Shield Force International, and and you know you think about all these different these different groups that we've been blessed to get to know. We want to make them household names, and that bringing that all the way back around to the book, that's one of the things that I love about as CSG unfolds from three dimensional to four dimensional we don't want to spend all of our time and energy training somebody and then lose them two years later the military spends up to millions of dollars training people police departments spend thousands to hundreds of thousands of dollars training people and they work very hard to prevent burnout and to keep people in that in that career path for a long period of time that's one of the things that i'm looking forward to reading in this book is we're not just retaining not just training but we're retaining with a heart of ministry so that people want to do this for a very long time. And so guys, that's, I'm out of ammo, James. It looks
1: like you've got something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was just going to say, you know, Mike, Mike was, Mike was reminding me during the break that, uh, that I get very animated and passionate about training and, uh, and, and, and I apologize if I, if I came across as, we, we don't, we don't have specific, I mean, we have specific vendors that we always like to encourage um, because those folks we've worked with, but I am very passionate about, about it. And, um, and the reason, again, the reason is because there's a lot of folks out there that don't have um, an understanding of, of ministry and the purpose of the church. And, you know, to, to, to kind of go back to what, um, what Paul was just saying The reality is everything is expensive, whether it's equipment or training. And so we have to look at it from an aspect of what can we do um, to keep to keep people, you know, when you when you invest in a team and you spend hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars to to have a trainer come in to train someone to go over. De-escalation, or different different things like that, or you your church pays to send somebody or a group of people to training. We have to realize that if we're not focused on keeping those folks engaged, training them in all capacities, not just not just training in a, a tactical or medical manner, but in all areas of church safety and security, that gives us a model to actually retain them and and um, go through that process. And so the last thing that you want to do um, as, a, as a church safety team is to get into a place where you're, you're doing all of this. You onboard someone, you train them, you send them to a conference, et cetera, et cetera, and then they turn around and walk away. And so Mike and I sat down um, and spent quite a bit of time really looking at that and, and I don't I mean it wasn't a quick thing we we really looked at it and said at the basis of this ministry what is subjective and and what it would, what is objective you know what what can we look at what can we tweak what can we change what can we do and so you know we've gone through stages and I'll, I'll throw it over to Mike we've gone through stages in the church safety community, and we talked about this often, we went through a stage of no one believing it was necessary. And so we had folks like Jimmy Meeks and Carl Chen and Carl Grossman, you know, being the Paul Revere, as as Paul always says, you know, saying, you need to do this. Then and now we're in a stage where people understand the importance and people are pushing, well, I'm going to go get tactical training from my law enforcement, or I'm going to go to the hospital and get this medical training, blah, blah, blah. You know and all of that stuff which is great but what we haven't gotten to now is the past to to forward to the retention piece of it to understand okay wait a second now we've done the tactical training which you can always train i mean that's never ending uh, on brushing up on skills and stuff but when we move past that at some point we're going to get to a place where people are going to start saying wait a second in the in the face of church safety and security how do I retain these people? How do I keep these people? How do I build disciple and engage with them? And how does that, what does that look like and how does that connect to the mission of the church? So that's where we're, we're at. Like when we look at it, you know, we, we look at the engage, train and retain, and it's, it's a work in progress, but we look at that as here's, here's an outline. Here's a leadership model that is beneficial, to actually assess that, assess cross-generationally. You know, people serve differently today than they did uh, 20, 30 years ago. And they have different motives for serving today based on their their generation and what their family is and how their family's involved with the church and engagement and all this stuff. And so that's what we're that's what we're kind of looking at and, and tying into. So I'll throw it over to you Mike.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's all great. I, I think from a perspective of many church safety and security teams, I'm, I think I've mentioned before, are often part of the hospitality uh, arm of the, of the church or brought under that broader outreach uh, capacity. And so that is about delivering not only a, a great experience on Sunday mornings, but it's reaching people. And, and right back to the word impact again. Sunday mornings are about the church being the church and reaching people. Um, And I think we're there as facilitators, as church safety teams, and it should never become so routine that we're checking the box. It should never become for somebody such a set of tasks that they're more comfortable serving in the lobby than they are listening to the preacher. And it's, it's, there's so many times that that can happen. And don't get me wrong, we can all get caught up in the Sunday mornings and the tasks that we have to execute and and the the immense duty and and honor that we have to serve in a capacity to help protect the flock. You know, I I take that calling very seriously, but I take it not only as a duty to keep training and keep craving and finding people like uh, like Matt Combs and reaching out and taking other additional courses. How am I feeding myself in my walk with Christ? How am I feeding myself in my ability to lead a team? How am I feeding myself in my ability to um, walk the walk and talk the talk? Okay. And that's an ongoing basis. It's as we talk all the time, it's not something where you arrive. We're continuing to go there. We're continuing to train. We're continuing to adapt, but it's a maturity piece. It's not a one time. Again, you're, you you pass that, um, that, 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 that step on the sidewalk once. No, we're, we're going through that every single week and every single Sunday, we're tending to walk the same beat. If you will, we're tending to, uh, walk the church. We're looking with the same lens every single time. Well, we don't want that to become so routine that we stop noticing things. And those things that we need to notice are sometimes our people. And it's not about the doesn't look right other people. It's about, are the people on my team looking right? What's going on in their lives? Did they just last night have to take their child to the emergency room like I did? And are they just not in the right mindset to be able to protect in the morning? I took the Sunday morning off first time I've ever done that, but I was not ready to do that and serve in that capacity because my mind was on my daughter it's recognizing that as leaders it's understanding when we need to take a break it's understanding that it's about more than tactics more than toys it's about people ministry and christ if we lose sight of that none of the training in the world matters okay it just doesn't and i think that's that's where where it comes down to when we talk about the heart of csg and where we've evolved and that dimensions that Paul talked to and where we've got to today, it's about investing in our teams on a continual basis. So that's where you get in our new book, uh, the, the church safety and security Lifecycle. That is a concept that we've put together to help church leaders and help teams look at this process to continually invest and invest and invest week in and week out. And we our, our subhead is about taking your team beyond Sunday mornings. It's meant to look at this beyond the tasks that you're executing and more about the people that you're serving, not just on your team as a leader, but in the pews, okay? If we can't reach them, if the church isn't reaching them, if we're not making a safe environment, if our team isn't getting fed, we've failed, Amen. period. End of story hang up hang, hang up your holster because honestly if they're not being fed it doesn't matter and th- I think that's what we're trying to impress upon in in this book so yeah i mean james talks about it the the engage train and retain are are three components of it but it's a six phase life cycle you may have seen on the on the short video clip we talked about but it's really about breaking those down and again in the in the entire life of living as a leader in a church safety capacity you're gonna continually go through this. You're gonna recruit, you're gonna engage new people. you're gonna train them. You're hopefully going to retain them, but you're gonna have some people you know what? It's time for them to hang it up. It's another season. You're hoping it's not because of choices we've made or things or our failure as humans, okay? Because we're none of the three of us here, and we'll say that all the time. We're not perfect. We're not gonna serve perfectly every Sunday morning. But at the same point, we're gonna continually strive for better. And that's what we're hoping to drive with this book is that it's about that investment. It's about that focus. And it's about the people that we serve with. You don't get a brotherhood overnight. OK, you get that by investing. You don't get the the team that's working cohesively overnight. You don't get that from a training either. You get yeah. that from working with your team. And I mean, I could talk all night, literally vamping on just this subject. That's why it's in a book. But at the same point, it's just, it's there. But the idea is, I I don't want to oversimplify it. I think the idea is, is that it's not just training. And I think so often the chat rooms and even the, the, the great conversations, even with our wonderful partners can sometimes focus heavily on training. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying there's more. And we need to make sure we're looking at that more.
1: Amen. one of the one of the components of the life cycle, and we're we're actually um, engage, train, and retain. that's like the the foundation foundational book explaining that concept of the life cycle. Um, we have a that that life cycle is is basically planted on the servant leadership model. And we actually have uh, probably closer to Easter. Uh, We have a book coming out on servant leadership for those that don't understand it or, are you know, you're looking as a leader, you're looking to try and work through that with your team. And so servant leadership has 10 principles and there is scripture, there's application, there's, there is, um, you know, it's a whole nother book that's coming out that has that um, as a, as a, a guidebook or playbook. And then after that, we're actually we are working on two other ones going through the life cycle specifically, um, and so you'll probably see those later uh, later in the the year. Um, so you're you're welcome to to keep your eyes out for that, and um, you know it's it's tools, it's it's stuff that's you know we don't see. Um, we don't see a lot of, of other conversation and about that. And, and again, that's what, um, that's what our, our focus has been looking at the, the discipleship piece of it. You know, I, I walked by a gentleman today who I consider a good friend, uh, and he serves, um, on the music team, on the worship team, and he serves in safety and he, I walked by him and he said, um, Hey, I've been on the schedule a lot and, uh, I think, uh, I, I really need a break to hear, uh, the pastor. And I was like, you know, when, when, and again, when you're in the middle of doing something, I was walking by him and he mentioned it and it was like in one ear out the other. And then I'm like, and I literally stopped like three feet away from him and I turned, turned around and I said, um, you know, you have been serving a lot lately. I said, when, you know, when was the last time that you got to, to sit and listen to the service? And um, he was like, you know, I had, I had, he got sick. He had COVID. His family had COVID. I said, you know what? Let me look. So I pull out my, pulled out my phone, pulled up the schedule. Sure enough, he's on the schedule next week. And I said, you know what? Boop, you're off. <laughs> I'm taking you off the schedule. You know, enjoy, enjoy the service with your wife. We need a break, but you know, people don't always, and again, that's, that's the engagement piece of it. You know, our teams are so different. Like the people that want to serve are so different that Mm -hmm. there is a certain level of um, commonality with leadership and with engaging them, but we we've got to be awake. We've got to be alert and we've got to be ready to understand and, um, and not just move on. I mean, I, I could have moved on and, You know, then I would have a burnt out team member that would get frustrated with me because, you know, he he mentioned something to me in joking. And, you know, one of the things that my dad always says is that, uh, you know, the truest things are said in jest often. And I'm like, "Mm, if you're joking with me about you're working too much with safety, then it's probably not really a joke. There's probably a piece of, of truth and reality in there somewhere that's saying you need a break, but.
0: Yep. Paul, uh, you have something? Yeah, this is all really good stuff. I'm, I'm sitting here taking notes to go through this really quickly. So, <laughs> so training doesn't matter if we don't know when to use it. Okay. Right. So Communicating with our ministry team and our pastors and saying, okay, if somebody stands up in the congregation and says this, um, that hesitation can get people hurt. But but if if we train people for how to restrain somebody and, and do all kinds of Kung Pao chicken stuff, and then they don't know when and how to use it because they don't know what the ministry heart thing is, um, right. then, then we can have somebody that's overzealous. And we probably shouldn't be throat-punching people. Uh, on, on the daily in our churches, and 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 that's one of the things I think that, that can can get overstressed. And then another one that I wanted to hit was, uh, no pun intended, was hurting people hurt other people. And so if we are loving on our team, I had to stand a guy down years ago that ended up getting hurt. There ended up being some prescription medication involved. He ended up going a, down a dark path. And when the dust settled, I had to stand him down off my team, and it was hairy for a bit. Um, but for the grace of God, and so being in people's lives and having contact with their families and 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 being there and being real, helping people move and and you know you know hey Mike, how's your daughter? And and all of these things, right? These this is the bread and butter of the ministry of church safety and one of the things i was thinking about as you guys were talking about this is uh my my late pastor and friend that influenced my wife and i so much he used to say that marriage and i'm going to liken that to church safety is like a bank account you you better be making more deposits than withdrawals well guess what your team's that way and Uh, so if i need to call on somebody and say dude i hate to even ask this some people bailed on me can i have you help with third service okay if i'm if I'm always asking that person, James, to your point, to help with third service, or I'm expecting these things and, and there's no relationship and I'm not I'm not doing anything to build that long term relationship with this person and investing. Right. Them, obviously, they're going to be burned out and what's the, going to be their motivation to help. So, right. That's that's where the book comes from, is that we're making more deposits than withdrawals we better be i'm going to hit a couple more of these uh, one of the things i was listening to you guys talk about the model and i think this has bearing for the music ministry this has bearing for the youth ministry if we're in an environment where ministry is ministry and so guys at home if you're listening to this um i think this is applicable to other ministries in church because what's one of the biggest frustrations for for any ministry retaining people and unfortunately, ministry is oftentimes more challenging than a job, and it doesn't pay. And so it takes an entirely different set of motivations. And, and it's funny. We will say and do things in a church that we wouldn't say and do at a job. And that's yeah. a good and bad thing. <laughs> we will expect things in church that we wouldn't expect at a job. And that's a good and a bad thing. And then um, this is a little bit funny, but I think it's pertinent. When I was getting into IT 23 years ago, there was these posters that said there's no I in team. Well, guess where there is an I in influence, inspire and impact. And so ministry is what we put into it. And um, we lead by example. And it's funny, um, ministry, the way that that leadership works, and it's nothing, it's it's in the book, guys, that's what they're talking about, but it flows downhill. And so how we're leading in the heart that we lead with is going to impact our team. I had a guy approach me recently that's part of our team, and he's like, "Hey, I just went ahead and did this, and my thought was better to ask forgiveness than ask permission." I was like, hey, "Let's not say we did. I mean, let's let's take a different tack with that, and and maybe approach that differently." And uh, the only other thing I got, and we're we're coming up on closing comments, is um, I have I I do way more ministry to guests, to members of my church, and members of my team than I do following DLRs around my church doesn't look rights and and watching them during church services. You know, I don't hide in the bushes and watch people coming out of their cars and go, that guy looks like he could be troubled. Now I, I do give them a once over as they're coming in, but I can tell you in the last two weeks I've had five amazing conversations with people that oh. were ministry focused. And I had a guy tell me today at church that he quit the job he was at. That was super high stress and not good for his health. And he's doing something different and he's changing up some, some things with his finances and he's trying to de-stress his life. And I said, you know, I think you're not only going to find that helps you a lot here in your heart with your stress and emotionally and physically, but it may make you want to serve in a ministry. And he's like, I like that. So, So ministry is ministry. Go ahead, James.
1: Well, I would no. I mean, I, I agree with you. You know, we hear from so many different churches that that are like, you know, we're we have this tiff with our our security team or our safety team. You know how how do we fix this? And you know that's one of the reasons why if you go to the website, we've we've started offering coaching sessions with you know with bringing out engaged, train, and retain because it's not you know, again, like Mike said earlier, we're not sitting here saying we have all the answers. We've just spent an enormous amount of time researching and looking at models and different things to, to try and, and plow that ground. Um, because to be perfectly honest, you know, one of the, one of the biggest things, and, and we actually have a, a survey um, on our, on the website uh, with that now. So if you, if you go and you're interested in and in, uh, in In a coaching session, there's actually a prerequisite uh, questionnaire that we ask you to fill out that gives us a snapshot of your church, and it's designed to give us a snapshot of your church and your team. That's free. There's no cost to it. It helps us kind of know where, you know, what direction to guide in. But, you know, a lot of times I had a church come to me and say, you know, we have we have a disagreement between if we should wear a black shirt or a green shirt. And it's tearing the team up. And as silly, as crazy as that sounds, it's, you know, that's what we run into, right? It's working with people. It's understanding people. It's trying to work together and build teams and that sort of thing. And one of the things that I I mentioned to that pastor was, you know, if you're having a problem and you're disagreeing over something that's like that, it's symptomatic of a bigger problem. What's what's the bigger problem? What's the what's the actual culture like? Let's go past that. That's that's symptomatic of something else bigger going on. And so, what can we do? And and we look at it like what? How can we help uh, individuals that are in that place to move past that? And you know, that's again, that's that's the whole purpose of engaged training. Retain the church safety and security life cycle, as we call it. Um, and you'll hear about us, you know, you'll hear more in the coming months talk about that because um, Mike's right. It, it could be applied to many different ministries. We, we use it in the light of church safety and security, but it's a continuous thing. And you can't just throw, you can't just do training and then expect some somebody to stay and be interested because they're not engaged. Why aren't they engaged? Because we're not motivating them to look at, okay, this is what drives a person to do ministry based on their culture, their generation, who they are, what they think, why they think that way. And it's an important topic. And unfortunately, um, you know, it hasn't been addressed in church safety and certain, Uh, security circles and we're, we're addressing it now uh, because we've just seen so many individuals struggle with it. So
2: there's, there's so little uh, often times where people fully understand. I mean, when's the last time and do you fully know each person you serve with on Sunday morning? Do you know their motivation for why they're serving on your team? Nice. It's not just to carry a gun. And if it is, that is a bigger (laughs) problem. But honestly, I I mean, I say that in jest, but at the same point, do you understand what motivates them? Okay. Mm -hmm. Every volunteer has a reason that they volunteer and people have seasons and their reasons for volunteering change. Their life changes and it can pull them away out of no fault of a team. So you can have the perfect engaged team who's training well, who has good policy and good good practice and and is really understanding and getting to know their team, but you could still have somebody who needs to hang it up and needs to move on to something else. And that's okay. We're not saying that that's there, but it's, it's a matter of learning and engaging your team and being the disciple of your team and your church and helping them understand if there's a disagreement, be the leader, step in and figure it out. Okay. And, and that, that's the big difference I think is, it's not – nobody's perfect. We we even get things wrong too, as I said before. The idea though is, is that we're going to continually make those deposits, as Paul mentioned, and we're hoping those will continue to pay dividends
3: mm. over
2: time. And you'll see that – and honestly, I feel like – and this is not just a, a feather in a cap, but honestly, the idea that I could take a Sunday off and you know what happened? Church went on. And <laughs> it's it's it it went on, and that's the ultimate sign. People are volunteering. It doesn't only revolve around me. It can mm-hmm. occur without me. Okay, and if I'm training my team to operate that way, all the better.
0: For sure. Wow, that's so. <laughs> i don't to unless you got an. Opinion, <laughs> but I want to make one quick point about that. That is so pertinent. Because it's not about us, and we don't know we don't know what tomorrow brings. So we could be snatched off this earth you know, at a moment's notice. And that was one of the biggest failures of my safety team was the of the two guys that could have led in my stead, one guy um, one guy died, and another guy, um, and another guy just he did not want that mantle in my stead and we we need to be building a culture within our safety team of everything mike just said and james just said Mm -hmm. and we need we need to remember not only are we replaceable but we need to remember that um we need to remember that god may call us to something different i've even seen churches where james where they ask somebody to go help them when they do a church plant And they need people within that structure to be able to say, hey, uh, James, Mike, who would you recommend on your respective safety teams to go take over that uh, you have a rock name in your church, that little pebble that we're planting out there uh, that we're going to grow into a big church? Who would you recommend for that? We need to be developing within our teams and uh, something that Mike said earlier, and it's it's in our, our note here, uh, we are humble and perfect people serving a perfect God. And James, I think you said this earlier. Uh, we seek first the kingdom of God and, and serve to help others. And that's what this has to be. Church safety has to be a ministry because um, a job, you don't want to walk out in the rain and hold an umbrella over a lady's head, especially if it's an unpaid job. Uh, while she gets her kids out of the vehicle and then she turns to you while you're already wet and says, Hey, would you mind parking my vehicle for me? But in a ministry you'll go, I know she has to get up on stage in a minute and sing. And she doesn't want to looking like a mop, like a wet mop. You know, she wants her hair to still look nice. Um, a ministry will do things that a job would never do. I guarantee you, I've done things in ministry that you could never pay me to do. And I think that's gotta be the heart of where this is at, right. So gents, anything else before I pray us out?
2: No, I think you've covered the the heart. And that's what we're trying to get at tonight is let the folks who may have just started watching get to know us better, get to know who we are. Why do we do this? What? Why do we jump on every Sunday night and talk about different things? You know, we, we hope tonight helped explain that a little bit for you. And uh, shameless plug, go get the book.
0: <laughs> and so that we're clear for anybody that doesn't know us and stumbled across this James and Mike are not profiting by this book. It helps us to pay for things like this. Nobody's bought and a book. copy
1: of it yet. Right. So
0: we're <laughs> it's, it's just that. launching. <laughs> but in five years when it's a bestseller, right? We'll, we'll speak that over it. But it, but in five years when it's a bestseller, I don't want people to come back and go, oh, these guys, these guys are, are lining their pockets. There's a place for making money but that's not where our hearts are. We we have full time gigs, and James, Mike, we
1: talk about this all the time. We're just crazy enough to do this. Um, you know the the case for church safety and security was a number number one bestseller on Amazon's list for actually I believe it was almost a week or just over a week for for church leadership books. Um, you know it's it's a blessing, but I can I can honestly tell you that when, when we do resources, um, 99% of anything that we get through Amazon, through, through online purchases, bulk purchases, I mean, it goes back into the ministry. And when I, when I say ministry, I mean, um, you know, I've got, I think two or three copies sitting on my desk right now to go out to people that have reached out to me, small churches that have said, you know what, I don't have the money. Um, but can you send me a copy? And, You know, and we're, we're, as long as, as long as God provides, we'll continue to keep the lights on and, and stuff, stuff going out to people. But, Mm. you know, it's, it's, yeah, we've got, um, we've got some other great stuff coming down the, coming down the pike, you know, we're, um, we're working on expanding. Um, I'm, I'm, and I'll let this cat out of the bag and then Paul can, Paul can pray, um, pray us out, but we're, we're working on, uh, deals and negotiations with Audible to get all of this stuff on, on audio. Um, hopefully in the next coming next couple of weeks, we'll have that and we'll be able to push that out to you guys. And as another way to, to listen, we get, you know, we've, we've had requests from folks saying, Hey, I'm on the road. Can you, can you put something on, on MP3, MP4? Guess what? We're working on it. So a lot of that stuff, um, you know, we 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 are working on. We're doing the best we can, but we can't do it without you. Uh, we can't do it without your help. And certainly your we covet your prayers and your um, mm-hmm. your involvement. And if you if, like I said, if you think there's a topic we can talk about on the, the broadcast that would benefit you, uh, in your church or if you need to reach out to us about something going on specifically offline uh, please please know that we're available uh, and you can do that through our website at at churchsafetyguys dot com so I will throw it over to to Paul and um, we'll we'll let you pray us out and we'll we'll
0: call it a night I'm going to take 15 seconds. One of the things I love about the Audible thing is we are going to be able to reach folks who, because of time or because of preference, wouldn't be able to read a regular book. And that's becoming a generational thing. There's a whole there's a whole generation of young people coming up in the church. James, you said it. they serve different. Well, they also receive information different. And, Mike, you're a big one on this about reaching people based on how they receive information. And I remember the first time that somebody said they listened to the Bible on on CD. I grew up reading it. I'm like, why would you listen to it? Well, they're like, I'm an over-the-road trucker. All of these things are very pertinent, and we want to be all things to all people by which some could do a better job breaching their ministry team. So, all right, guys, let's pray this thing out. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you for these men. I thank you for the families. I ask that you would God bless and protect them. That you would heal, Lord God. Uh, be it uh, emotional, that it be it physical, whatever goes on in the lives of my friends, Lord God, in the lives of our church ministry teams. That's what tonight was about: was talking about ministry. Lord God, I ask that you would heal those secret hurts, those things that 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 hamper our teams and hamper our lives. Lord God, we lift them up to you tonight. I thank you for the ministry I ask that uh, that you've given us. I ask that you bring it to the right ears, that we could reach those people that that need to hear this message. Lord God, we offer it humbly as broken people that we're just uh we're just in love with a mighty big god so Lord God, we thank you for this opportunity in your son jesus name amen amen
1: Amen. so as mike said go get a copy of it and uh and you can visit us at uh, church.com or two or three pass them out (laughs) get a copy or three (laughs) and uh Next week, we actually we have a uh, a special recording for you. We had a we did have a chance to talk to um, Masad Ayoub uh, a couple of weeks ago, and so we'll be uh, we'll actually be playing that. We physically have I have that recording, so we will not be playing that. <laughs> and it was a, a interview that uh, Paul and I had a chance to actually talk to him, so awesome. you don't want to miss it. So, yep. take care, guys. Have a great week. Have a blessed
3: blessed night. Thank you for joining the Church Safety Guys broadcast. We hope that you found it informative and we appreciate your feedback. Looking for ways you can help us reach more churches? Share our broadcast with your teams. Consider becoming a monthly ministry partner. Like and share our page and join the discussion in our Facebook groups. Visit our website at churchsafetyguys.com for other great resources. remember to keep a servant's heart, a mindset of ministry, and Semper Disciplina. Always be training. Have a blessed week.